I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart. And close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating some kind of heavy machinery. So take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go. Let any tension in your body go, and let. Your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in, and exhale out loud with a sigh. Ah. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Hello, everyone, wherever you are. Welcome back to To Be Honest, and a very warm welcome to our first-time listeners. Another one bites the dust. Yes, I'm referring to、uh, the queen of rock and roll, Tina Turner. She died on May twenty fourth, which is a few days ago, at her home in Switzerland. Of course, she's known for her decades of dynamic stage performances and her compelling story of personal triumph after hardship. Tina Turner was abused by her then husband Ike Turner for 16 years of their marriage, and her children said in a documentary that Ike kept Tina isolated, 
her life was consumed by working in the studio and touring. And when she wasn't working, she was at their home in Los Angeles uh, caring for their four sons. She had barely any friends and had no respite from Ike's abuse. But her son said raising them brought her joy. Nevertheless, her eldest son died from suicide in 2018. Without a doubt, she experienced coercive control amongst other forms of domestic violence. And this leads me to today's topic, coercive control, a silent killer. Now, why do I call it a silent killer? Because it is difficult to recognize signs of the behaviors of coercive control, particularly when there is no physical abuse. Also, I'm said to report, coercive control is not currently a criminal offense in Australia as well as in the U.S. I definitely believe this needs to change. In 2015, England and Wales became the first nations in the world to criminalize such controlling behavior within relationships, making coercive control punishable by up to five years in jail. In recent years, most parts of the UK and Ireland have introduced new legislation making it a crime to engage in what's known as coercive control towards an intimate partner. For decades, survivors have been reporting that the most difficult thing about domestic abuse is not necessarily the physical violence, the bruised ribs, chipped teeth or broken bones. The worst part, many survivors say, is the psychological abuse, like the manipulation and surveillance, the gradual isolation from friends and family, the rigid rules and degrading put-downs, humiliation and even threats. So my intention is to share the knowledge so that you know the signs of coercive control. You know why? Because I know for a fact that many law enforcement responders are ignorant in this area. And if they don't know, I'm not surprised if you out there who are listening to this episode would know. So let's dive right in. How do we define coercive control? It refers to a pattern of behavior used by an individual to dominate manipulate and control another person through various tactics and strategies. Now, please bear in mind, it is a form of domestic abuse that primarily focuses on exerting power and control over the victim rather than physical violence alone. Or, in some cases, there is no physical violence at all, and that's even more difficult for the victim and their friends and families to identify signs of coercive control. Now, this can occur in various types of relationships, including intimate partnerships, marriages, and family relationships. Now, here are some examples of coercive control tactics an abuser may use. 
A common one is isolation. So the abuser may isolate the victim from friends, family, and social activities, making them dependent on the abuser for social interaction and support. Next is monitoring and surveillance. Now the abuser may excessively monitor the victim's activities, including phone calls, text messages, emails, and social media accounts. And they may demand access to passwords and control the victim's online presence. The next tactic can be threats and intimidation. So the abuser uses threats, intimidation, and fear to maintain control over the victim. This can involve threats of physical harm to the victim, their loved ones, or pets. As well as threats of exposing personal information or damaging their reputation. Next one is most commonly used, and that is emotional manipulation. Here, the abuser manipulates the victim's emotions to maintain control. This can include gaslighting. Meaning to make the victim doubt their own perceptions or sanity, guilt trips, blame shifting, deflection, and constantly undermining the victim's self-esteem. Another tactic can be financial control. So the abuser may control the victim's finances, restrict their access to money or bank accounts, or monitor their spending. This can make the victim financially dependent and limit their ability to leave the relationship. Next tactic can be micromanaging. The abuser may exert control over various aspects of the victim's life, such as their daily routine, clothing choices, or appearance. They may even dictate what the victim can or cannot do, eroding their autonomy. Another common tactic is sexual coercion. Coercive control can also involve sexual coercion, where the abuser manipulates or forces the victim into unwanted sexual activities or withholds affection and intimacy as a means of control. Now, mind you, my audience, it is important to note that coercive control is a serious form of abuse and can have severe psychological and emotional effects on the victim. So, if you or someone you know is experiencing coercive control or any form of domestic abuse, it is crucial to seek help, professional help. And support from local authorities, helplines, or organizations specializing in domestic violence. Victims of coercive control can experience the following range of severe psychological and emotional effects: one being constant anxiety and fear. Victims often live in a constant state of anxiety, fearing the consequences of not complying with the abuser's demands or expectations. So, the fear of reprisal and the uncertainty of the abuser's reactions can be overwhelming, to say the least. Next is depression and low self-esteem. 
due to the continuous manipulation, gaslighting, and undermining of the victim's self-worth, all that can lead to feelings of depression, hopelessness, and a diminished sense of self-esteem. So the victim may begin to doubt their abilities, worthiness, and sanity. And that is exactly the reason why it's so difficult for them to leave the abuser. Next possible effect can be PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. The prolonged exposure to coercive control can result in symptoms of PTSD. Victims may experience flashbacks, nightmares, hypervigilance, and emotional distress triggered by reminders of the abusive behaviors. Next can be social isolation and loneliness. The abuser's tactics of isolation can leave victims feeling socially disconnected from friends, family, and support networks. They may become increasingly isolated, which can intensify feelings of loneliness and helplessness. Next can be emotional and psychological trauma. Coercive control can cause long-lasting emotional and psychological trauma. The constant manipulation, intimidation, and degradation can have a profound impact on the victim's mental well-being, leading to emotional instability, difficulty trusting others, and a distorted sense of reality. Next is learned helplessness. The repetitive nature of coercive control can lead victims to develop a sense of learned helplessness. They may believe they have no control over their situation, become passive, and lose confidence in their ability to change their circumstances. Last and certainly not least, self-blame and guilt. Victims of coercive control often internalize the blame placed on them by the abuser, so they may feel guilty for the abuse, particularly when they have small children, believing they somehow provoked or deserved it. This self-blame can further erode their self-esteem and make it challenging for them to seek help or leave the abusive relationship. Again. It is crucial to be aware of the severity of the psychological and emotional effects of coercive control. They can be long-lasting. What about the effects on young children? More often than not, victims of coercive control tend to tell themselves, "Oh, my children are too young to notice." Unfortunately, they are highly mistaken. Children who are exposed to coercive control within their family can experience significant psychological and emotional effects as well. As a matter of fact, it can be worse for them because they're too young to understand. Here are some examples of the severe impact it can have on them. When young children constantly witnessing coercive control. It can cause them to experience trauma and emotional distress. The constant tension, fear, and conflict in the household can leave them feeling anxious, fearful, and on edge. So, growing up in that unsafe environment 
it can definitely interfere with a child's healthy development. They may struggle with emotional regulation, have difficulty forming healthy attachments, and experience delays in cognitive, social, and emotional development. If that continues, children who experience coercive control may internalize the blame and feel responsible for the abusive behavior between their parents. They may develop low self-esteem, feelings of guilt, and believe they are somehow at fault for the abuse. Children exposed to coercive control may exhibit behavioral problems. Such as aggression, withdrawal, acting out, or difficulty with authority figures, they may struggle to manage their emotions and display disruptive or destructive behavior as a way to cope with the stress and instability in their environment. Growing up in an environment of coercive control can impact a child's ability to form healthy relationships in the future. They may have difficulty trusting others, struggle with emotional intimacy, and repeat patterns of abuse in their own relationships. Because when wounds are not healed, they will be passed down from generations to generations. Needless to say, the emotional turmoil and instability caused by coercive control can interfere with a child's academic performance. Why? Because they may have difficulty concentrating, exhibit decreased motivation, and struggle with schoolwork due to the stress and distraction caused by the abusive dynamics at home. Worst case scenario. Children who witness coercive control constantly may carry the psychological effects into adulthood. They may even experience higher rates of depression, anxiety, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and have an increased risk of engaging in self-destructive behaviors such as substance abuse and/or self-harm. So there you have it, my audience. Maybe now you know to take coercive control seriously. That is why I call it a silent killer. So, if you or anyone you know is experiencing coercive control, it is vital to get support and intervention for both children and adult victims who have been exposed to coercive control. Seek immediate professional help, such as therapy and counseling. A therapist like myself can assist in addressing the psychological and emotional effects, and also promoting healing and resilience in both children and adult victims who have experienced such traumatic circumstances. So, thank you for listening, my audience. I appreciate you. Until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to be honest. Bye for now. You can find this podcast. 
to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-A-K-I-A-O.com. Thank you.